We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears are below 500 with their second straight loss. And it was another ugly one at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday as Tom Brady and that offense pretty much had their way with Chicago's defense. And then Tampa Bay's defense pretty much had their way with Chicago's offense. It was ugly all around and things are not going good at Hallis Hall. We're going to break that down for you on this episode of the Bearport Podcast. Plus, preview a game against the San Francisco 49ers, another team entering week eight on a losing streak. Before we get into all that, though, let's welcome in my co-host Aaron Lemming. Aaron, I feel like last week we talked about how bad the Bears offense was. And I feel like in this podcast episode, we're probably going to echo similar thoughts as well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, man, it's, there were some people who had some high hopes for, for the Bears offense, you know, against a banged up secondary for the second week in a row. And it just didn't pan out. It didn't pan out because the offensive line is terrible. The offensive scheme is terrible, regardless of who's calling plays. And, you know, Justin Fields is struggling because of it. So it's uh you know it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about last week you you get what you ask for right and you know this kind of goes with that in terms of the you know the bears you know bears fans wanted justin fields to start and well i mean this is just where it's at i mean the bears going into the season we all knew you know or at least me and you we knew the bears offense was gonna be bad we knew this team wasn't gonna be good i mean the offensive line for as much as people want to argue about it on twitter their offensive line is bad i mean there's just no way around it i mean the fact that you have a 39 year old jason peters starting at left tackle you know signed fresh off the streets right before the season starts and he's your best offensive lineman kind of says it all at this point and you know it just again man i mean i i don't know i i can't imagine very many people were expecting them to win and it's kind of funny because you know for as bad as they looked their next two games going in, you know, before the bye, I mean, they're both winnable. They're a half a game out of, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that they're going to make, you know, the playoffs because I highly, highly doubt they will. They shouldn't, but they're only a half a game out of the wild card race right now. And if you look at the team in front of them, which is Minnesota, it's like, I mean, they could, if you look at Minnesota's next four or five games, 
they could very easily lose three out of those next five. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those situations. I think more than anything, we saw who the bears are and it's the exact same team that they were last year. They can hang against average to good teams, below average teams and bad teams. But the minute that you put them up against an actual Super Bowl contender, they're going to get smoked. It's the same thing. Yeah. And you brought up a couple good points that I definitely want to talk about on this episode. So let's kind of just start with this. I think you're right in the next two games against San Francisco, a team that's, you know, lost, what is it, four straight now, three, four straight after starting two and oh. They have injury concerns. Um, they have questions at quarterback, although it sounds like they're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo this week for now. Um, and then a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team who's been hot and cold. You know, they, they've been they've looked really good against the Buffalo Bills. Um, they struggled to get a win against the um, Seattle Seahawks. They've just kind of been a hot and cold team. Those are two winnable games. And I think that's significant because I don't think this team is going to go to the playoffs. And even if they did as that seven seed, it's going to be the same result as last year. They're going to get, they're going to lose a road game um, to a, to a better team. But what that does is in my opinion, it shows the McCaskey family and it, it gives Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy some ammo to maybe stay another year. And that's particularly, especially, you know, if, Justin Fields plays well. If they're winning games down the stretch and they're kind of in the playoff hunt and Justin Fields starts to play well, I think that's going to be the presentation that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have. If it were up to me, I wouldn't have let Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace back in the building after yesterday or after Sunday's game because there is absolutely no progress with this offense at all. And I think you could argue this offense has gotten even worse since Matt Nagy's gotten here. I'm going to throw a stat out at you. Three seasons, John Fox and Dow Loggins offense had 13 games where they scored 14 or more or 14 or less points. Matt Nagy's at that mark 13 games already. Now he's had a couple more games to do it, but he's already at that mark. So there's no improvement from the previous era to this era at all. And I think, you know, that goes to my other point that you were talking about. This is not a good team. I don't think this is a good offense. I do think they have enough guys in Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and, and David Montgomery gets back and Khalil Herbert to be better than what they are, but they really are lacking production from skill positions. You know, you look at the quarterback position, you have a rookie who's struggling and you know, some of it is Justin Fields' fault because it, it doesn't look like he's very good at reading a blitz right now or, or identifying the blitz pre-snap um, the, the, the play where Antoine Winfield came in, that's on Khalil Herbert. You got to know, but Fields also has to let him know, pre-snap hey this guy's coming off the edge but a lot of it's also not his fault I mean the, the offensive line is horrendous and you know Lachavia Simmons having to start without getting knee reps at right tackle throughout the week absolute disaster um, Sam Mustaford does not look good at all at center they're just struggling all around on that offensive line and when you look at some of these sacks that Fields has taken you know some are on him Majority of them are not. He literally has no time to throw. The wide receivers aren't getting any separation. There's just, you know, you don't have a skill. You don't have an elite player at tight end. I'm sick of this, you know, with, with this Cole Komet thing. I'm going to give him a chance, but man, a second round pick on a, on a tight end that's really not being able to separate and, and get himself open and make plays is really hurting them. And they just don't have it at the skill positions right now. And you have a rookie quarterback struggling. You don't have a good offensive line. The scheme is really bad. And you put that all together, 
And it's just like a melting pot of hell for this offense. It's, it's terrible. Well, and it's not. And, and the thing is, is I don't think it's going to get any better. I, it's just, you know, even looking forward to this week against the, the 49ers, the 49ers have the sixth best passing defense in all the NFL right now. So, and that's kind of the thing is, you know, you look at these last two weeks where, you know, Green Bay's defense is playing better, but their secondary is banged up. And then again, you know, uh, the Buccaneers had, you know, they have an elite front seven. There's no doubting that. But again, their secondary was banged up. I mean, they didn't have Richard Sherman, who they signed off the street a few weeks ago. That's how that's how shallow they are at corner right now. And, you know, you look at the Bears passing yards, like an average, you know, average passing yards per game right now. They're under 125 yards of passing yards per game. That's that's insane. In, in, in today's NFL, that is absolutely insane. And, yes, you, you can sit there and, and you can pick things apart with Justin Fields. Let's be honest, man. The last I'd say the last two weeks, Justin Fields has not been good. But who is going to be good in this situation? Everybody wants to talk about Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been impressive, but he's also on an offense that, you know, while they don't have, you know, a bevy of skill position players, they have a proven scheme that has won them multiple Super Bowls. They have a proven offensive line. It's just not the same situation. It's like, you know, you look around the league right now and it's really hard again. And I've said this from the very beginning, it's really hard to compare these really four rookie quarterbacks because you really can't count Lance or Trey Lance yet because I mean he's not really starting he had that one start he got hurt uh Jimmy Garoppolo has already been announced as a starter for this weekend's game against the Bears but it's like you look at these four other guys and they're all in vastly different situations Zach Wilson has been getting hit a lot he hasn't had a lot of time their offense is a disaster he's out with a knee injury for the next two or four weeks you know Trevor Lawrence has been kind of turning it up as of late um but you know the first few games of the season they barely ran the ball so it's it's one of those situations where I think really right now and, you know, as much as I feel like Dan Orlovsky has kind of tried to make up for his pre-draft blunder of, uh, you know, the, you know, shaping the narrative that he clearly got from a bad source in terms of Justin Fields is not a hard worker and all the other stuff and, you know, whatever else. But I, I do think he's right at this point in time. And this is what he said today. At this point in time, you just you cannot evaluate Justin Fields this year. You just can't do it because the offense is such a disaster. And. You know, I think it's one of those things for me where, you know, it, it, it's tough because, yes, we're seven games into a 17-game season. I mean, we still have over half the season to go. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but I can't help but look forward right now. I can't help but look to the end of the season. I mean, you, you talk about their skill position, guys. It's like you talk about Darnell Mooney and you talk about Allen Robinson. It's like, dude, Mooney was bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's had some bad drops, but he was bad on Sunday. And he's got to make catches. I mean, one of those interceptions, I mean, Justin Fields had five turnovers and really, I mean, the, the interception where he just basically, you know, severely underthrew Allen Robinson was on him, but it's like the, the, the three sack fumbles that he had. And then the, you know, the two interceptions or, you know, vice versa, whatever it was, maybe it was just the two, whatever you get my point, but four of those five turnovers weren't on him. And that's kind of the thing is you, you talk about, you know, their skill position guys. And it's like Allen Robinson, there's no way in hell Allen Robinson's back next year with the bears. The bears aren't going to tag him. I mean, he's having, one of the worst production, you know, worst seasons of production that he's had since he's been in the NFL. There's absolutely no reason or no incentive for him to come back. And I can't imagine he will. And that's kind of the thing is it's, it's so hard to, you know, it's so hard to project this offense moving forward 
because I mean, let's just be honest, man. I know a lot of people were obsessed with Bill Lazor and, you know, and him coming in. And I said it, you know, in a conversation with Dan Durkin on Twitter, I said, but, you know, Bill Lazor's not a good offensive, you know, he's not a good offensive coordinator. He's not a good play caller. And people got, you know, got all pissy about it. Like, well, how do you know that? It's like, because he's been at two other stops before he came to the Bears. There was a reason the guy was sitting on the couch before the Bears brought him in as offensive coordinator for a year. So it's, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, like you pointed out with the Lachavia Simmons thing, he's your swing tackle because Elijah Wilkins, or sorry, because Jermaine Effetti's hurt. He's your swing tackle already. And you do not get him any reps at all at right tackle the entire the entire week that that's absolutely asinine and on top of that they did not adjust and give help to him on the right side the buccaneers saw that they lined up shaquille barrett one of the better pass rusher best pass rushers in the league and the bears still didn't give him any help i don't honestly man i felt bad for lajavia simmons he's a seventh round project that's really not supposed to play right away and you pointed out he's your swing tackle i mean he's He's not supposed to be getting into games right now. And they lined up Shaquille Barrett and, and Todd Bowles said, you're going to leave this this former seventh round pick who has no experience playing on Shaquille Barrett. I'll take that every day. And, and what happened? He dominated a man. It was just, it's pathetic. The coaching and the scheme, it's just, it's pathetic, man. And, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that point, I, I just want to say, we've seen the last two weeks, those two teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Green Bay Packers, they are legit contenders in not only the NFC, but the NFL. And look how far away the damn Bears are from that. They put 17 points up in those two games, 17. And they couldn't do anything against two banged up secondaries. Well, it's, I mean, and that's the thing is like, so it's, you know, you take away the, you know, Lachavia Simmons being the swing tackle and not getting any sort of practice reps at right tackle at left tackle. Right, which is crazy enough as is, but then you factor in the fact that he is a guy that has never played and never started an NFL game. This is a guy that got cut. He was on the practice squad last year. He's been on the active roster this year, and you know, and it's like so. It's just the whole thing is just it's it's mind blowing. This this team is so poorly coached. I mean, let's just let's just rewind and go back to the beginning of the game because I mean, we talked about it last week. Neither one of us gave them a chance. I think we at least within our score predictions were like, well, maybe this will be somewhat close. I mean, let's just go back to the first few happenings of the game. So the Bears go 3 and out with with a sack, you know, which just just absolute nonsense going on. They punt the ball. They give up the longest punt return of the NFL season so far. The Tampa Bay goes down and they score a touchdown round of the game. It was 14 to nothing before, before you could even really get your bearings. It's like they were down 35 to three at half. And it's one of those things where some people are going to sit there and they're going to say, well, you know, they're just not as good of a team. And that is correct. But you know, it's one of those situations where go back and look at, there was another game that, that was, that played at the same time slot as the bears. It was, it was the Owen six. Now the Owen seven Detroit lions, against you know an undefeated uh arizona cardinals team or sorry not arizona cardinals uh the, the you know five the rams, and one, the rams. Six and one rams team so on the road okay 
so but but look at the difference right in, in in how these two teams handled going into a game completely outmatched what what do the detroit lions do they go down they get a it was like a 66 yard touchdown pass uh, or catch from uh, uh deandre swift right what do they do they come out the very next they come out the very next play get an onside kick okay they go for it on fourth down once they go for it on fourth down again with a fake punt they get three points they held the lead and they were in the game for the majority of the game the 0-7 Detroit Lions that are completely rebuilding that the Bears blew out that have a brand new coaching staff of guys like Dan Campbell who's never been a head coach Aaron Glenn who's never been you know an NFL defensive coordinator and that team had a better game plan had their team more prepared to go against a very similarly talented team and a very similarly built team in the Rams, who, mind you, beat the the same exact Buccaneers team. And then you look at how the Bears came out and the fact that they were down 35 to three at halftime. I, you know, man, it, it just it gets to a point where, and this is where my frustration goes back to, is that during the offseason, we knew what needed to be done. Okay, I don't care that the Bears went eight and eight and got in the playoffs. They lost six in a row. They blew a five and one start. They beat a bunch of terrible teams down the stretch. They backed into the playoffs. They lost week 17 and they backed into the playoffs and then they got blown out in the playoff game in an embarrassing fashion on Nickelodeon. Okay. So you factor that in, you knew what needed to be done. You knew that they were in cap issues. You knew that they didn't have a quarterback situation. There's all these other things going on. Matt Nagy and his coaching staff have been showing concerns for multiple years now, if it wasn't for the fact that he came in in 2018 and went 12 and four, nobody would be citing his record right now. And that's just the reality of the matter. But the Bears have been severely outcoached since 2019 in these types of situations. They had three blowouts last year against good teams. They already have three blowouts against good teams this year. And it's just, it's one of those situations where how much do you have to see? We didn't need to see the season to know that this offense doesn't work. We didn't need to see this season to know that Matt Nagy is not a good head coach and that Matt Nagy doesn't have enough good coaches around him. I just, this is the frustration with all this is because now the excitement of Justin Fields is faded. Now people are freaking out. Now people are thinking that he's going to bust. Now there's, you know, these giant concerns all because they couldn't make the prudent decision to fire the head coach that they knew wasn't going to work. And I think that's the most frustrating thing. And that's the problem is it's not just about one game. It's the fact that this continually happens all the time in these same exact situations. The bears are somehow outmatched. And yet we see it every single week where teams can at least hang in much lesser teams than the bears can hang in against similar opponents, but the bears get blown out. I just don't understand it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It goes back to a few things for me, Aaron. You know, I, I want to start with the offense. In this day's NFL, and I think you'll agree with me on this, the league has made it where offense rules. People want to watch offense. People want to watch teams score points. Look how many pass interference calls are on defense. Look how many pass interference calls are on the offense. Look at the protecting the quarterback. Everything they've done has benefited the offense in this day's and age. This day and age. The Bears are averaging 14.4 points a game. And if it wasn't for, uh, who was it, Jacksonville and the Jets, I believe, they would be the worst offense in this league. They're averaging the um, fewest amount of passing yards per game, the fewest amount of total yards, and total yards per play. They are terrible. They just got over the 100-point mark on the season, and we are going into week eight. They played seven games, and they've scored 101 points, okay? It's, It's insane. The other thing I want to point out to you is this. This kind of goes to your point about last season and what happened. You remember that press conference that they had with with Ted Phillips and and George McCaskey and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? During that press conference, what was it? uh, End of January, early February, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember one thing that really stood out to me during that press conference? The Bears brass did not point out, oh, hey, we started, what, five and one this year, despite switching our quarterback in in week three. They pointed out that they lost six, or uh, yeah, six games in a row. They said the resilience this team had, the fight this team had, the spirit that this team had, they know that they could come back from losing streaks. They never once mentioned the start of the season. They mentioned that they lost six in a row and then beat Houston, Minnesota, in Jacksonville to back into the playoffs. They scored 16 damn points in, in what pretty much was a must-win game against the Packers. Then they followed up and scored nine points with a late touchdown against the Saints on the road. That is how, you know, far from reality this damn franchise as a whole is. To sit there and to point to a freaking six-game losing streak is a, is, a, is a plus. And in that losing streak, Let's, let's not, let's, you know, they lost to Green Bay 41-25 in a game that was not that damn close. They lost to Detroit, blowing a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. They lost to Minnesota, blowing a second-half lead. They were god-awful in those six games. And it's just, the point to that is just, it's infuriating. And now it all makes sense. No one knows what the hell they're doing in Hallis Hall right now. And this is going to continue on. And, and my biggest worry, and I don't know how you feel about this, but my biggest worry is that I kind of touched on in the beginning. They go on a bit of a run here. Justin Fields looks good. And they decide, hey, let's run him back one more time with this damn scheme that does not work. And poor Justin Fields, because I think this kid has all the talent in the world. I think this kid is the second best quarterback in this class. I don't think he's had the chance to really showcase it. And, you know, he hasn't played well. Uh, 100% agree on that, especially the last two weeks. 
but the Bears are not putting him in a position and they haven't put him in a position to succeed this season, starting with training camp. And we heard it today from Allen Robinson, not being on the same page with Justin Fields. Again, this is the second straight week he's talked about this. And that goes back to training camp to five legit reps with your first team. That is insane to me. It's just, it's just, I don't know what the hell is going on with this, with this team, but it just, it feels like in a way the media and the fans and Bears Twitter knows a lot more what's going on than they do. Well, you know, it, and it's it's funny because, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the mismanagement at right tackle this week. You talk about the mismanagement of Justin Fields and his snaps, um, you know, during training camp in the preseason. And then, you know, you talk about, I mean, let's just be honest here. I Take your personal beliefs out of it. It doesn't really matter at this point the bears have completely mismanaged this COVID situation. I mean, in going back to training camp where Matt Nagy was very dismissive of their overall numbers, um, you know, who was getting vaccinated, what, you know, how he was basically helping players uh, educate themselves on it to get them vaccinated, whatever it may be. Again, this isn't a political thing. This isn't a personal view thing. The reality is simple, right? Is that, if you get COVID, right, if your team has COVID, which so far there's been eight different members of the Bears organization, including six players and two coaches, including Matt Nagy, who has COVID, you're at a disadvantage. That is just the facts of the matter. So throw that into the mix. And the fact that Damian Williams, who was unvaccinated, should have been wearing a mask to begin with right before, you know, right before it's announced that he had a positive COVID test was sitting there in Vegas uh, meeting with the media without a mask on. You know, the, you know, it's so it's those are the kind of things where you really start looking right and then you can kind of take it even a deeper dive where and I know that some people don't think this is a big deal, you know, and you're, you're free to feel however you want. But it's stuff like, you know, Lance Briggs is paid to talk about the Bears he is paid to give his takes on the Bears. Lance Briggs was a great Bears player. He's probably not a Hall of Fame caliber player but he's a really damn good player he's a Hall of very good player. And when Eddie Jackson quote tweets that and, you know, or basically quote tweets, what was it, PFF or whatever it was, and, and comments back, that to me shows, and, and don't, you know, make no mistake about it. The Bears have been doing this for a while. Allen Robinson has been guilty of going after people on Twitter multiple times and then quickly deleting it. And Eddie Jackson's done the same thing. Javon Wims has done the same thing. Anthony Miller's done the same thing. There's been multiple guys on this team that have done the same damn thing. And what it tells me is instead of, you know, Matt Nagy having them focused on the right things, they don't. And, you know, we saw it in the game again where Bilal Nichols throws a punch. How many times did we see that last year? Two different times against the Saints. What does Bilal Nichols go out and do? There's, there's common trends throughout the last few years, regardless of how you feel, I think we can all agree, regardless of if you think any of these things are a big deal or not, there are common trends throughout the last few years that show that the Bears clearly are not focused on the right things. The fact that Jason Peters comes out today in a press conference and reveals more about Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins' injury status than Matt Nagy has ever given us should tell you a lot right there. And that's kind of the thing. So while I understand, and, and yeah, I, I think people are absolutely justified to be a little worried that maybe the Bears are going to go on another run and, you know, somehow they're going to finish, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight and, and you know, jobs are going to be saved again. I, I, I think that at this point in time, 
there has been enough go wrong for one that, you know, the McCaskey family for as bad as ownership as I think the bears have, I, I think that even George McCaskey's probably looking at the situation thinking, man, we probably should have just made a move. Right. And then I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind is, you know, just looking at their schedule, you know, there are pockets of winnable games and keep in mind when I say winnable games, and I think we're all aware of this by this point, just because it's a winnable game for the bears doesn't mean the bears are going to win the game. I mean, we we've seen that countless times, but I mean, let's just go over the next few weeks of their schedule. They have San Francisco at two and four. They've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at three and three. Then they have their bye. Then they come out of their bye and they have a juggernaut Ravens team that somehow got blown out by Cincinnati, which was weird, but they're still five and two. Then they have the Lions, and they have the 7-0 Cardinals. They have the 6-1 Green Bay Packers. They have two games left against Minnesota. They have, you know, depending on what's going on with, with Seattle, I mean, they're probably going to have Russell Wilson back. That's going to be a tough game. Then they have the Giants. So, realistically, I mean, you would think that they'd probably beat the Lions again. They'd probably split with Minnesota. They'd probably beat, uh, you know, the, they'll probably beat the Giants. Like, when you really start looking – the, the, the reality of it is, is they probably have, I would guess, probably another three solid wins in them. But outside of that, you start flipping coins and it's like, you know, the 49ers may be two and four, but are they really that worse of a team than the Bears? You know, you start looking at some of these other teams, like I said, Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, in my mind, is the better team than the Bears are. Seattle, the same thing. They may be two and five, but they've been missing Russell Wilson. So you start really going through the schedule. I guess my point here is, is that unlike last year where they had, you know, the, you know, two of the worst teams in the NFL um, that they had to play in the, you know, Houston and then Jacksonville, and they had some other cake teams on the schedule and they got off. To, and that's the other thing to keep in mind. They got off to a really good start. They were five and one. God only knows how they got off to a five and one start, but they were five and one. I don't think that a three and four start and especially with the schedule that they have remaining, they have the second toughest remaining strength of schedule in the entire NFL I don't think that there's any way that they're going to be able to win enough games and to turn things around, especially with some of the caliber of defenses that they play. I mean, Arizona, San Francisco, uh, you know, the, the, the Packers have been playing better. The, the, the Ravens. I mean, there are a lot of good defenses that they're about to face. Minnesota has been playing better defense as well. I just, man, you know, unlike the last few years because of the way the schedule is edged out, I just don't see there being any way that they win more than seven games this year. I don't think they're going to be able to go on some fake run and save jobs. I really do think that we're watching the final, you know, 10 games of the Matt Nagy era. And at this point, I think the bigger question is going to end up being whether or not they keep Ryan pace. And, but you just, you can't objectively look at this situation, regardless of how pro Ryan pace pro Matt Nagy you are or anti, you know, Nagy and Pace, it doesn't matter. You can't objectively look at this situation and draw the conclusion that Justin Fields is in good hands because if Justin Fields isn't in good hands, then this organization is not in good hands. And that's really what it's going to come down to, at least, at least in my opinion. I don't think there's any way that Matt Nagy saving his job out of this. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, you know, I, I, I lean towards that as well. I just... With this organization, nothing, nothing surprises me anymore, and it's very frustrating. Um, you know, just a little bit on this game, um, on the defense side of the football. You know, I kind of have to feel for Sean Desai. It's never easy going against Tom Brady, and when your offense can't move the ball, and you're giving Tom Brady scoring drive, three scoring drives of under what forty-five yards, essentially him starting on the Bears' side of the field to get three touchdowns. It's your backs up against the wall, and you know there there, there was some you know, bad mistakes the Bears made, Blau Nichols punching a player, um, you know, taking bad angles in the secondary, not wrapping up and tackling again, which has become a problem. But overall, I mean, this defense, you know, they held them to three in the second half. Um, you know, the fourth quarter was not played by Tom Brady, but it was just, it just felt like, you know, the Bears defense was lost out there. And, you know, part of it's their fault, part of it's not. But overall, I mean, it, it was just an ugly game. And, you know, if I'm Sean Desai, I'm sitting here and I almost have to look at it this way every single week. And Eddie Jackson said it today. We have to come out and essentially dominate and pitch a shutout. We don't can't worry about what the offense is doing because when your offense is scoring 14 points a game, it almost puts more pressure on your defense to, hey, we have to hold them under 10 or we have to hold them under seven. They can only get in the end zone and they can only score once in this game. That's a lot of pressure. That's not easy to do in this NFL, especially with how the rules are tailored to the offense. And it's just, it's going to be hard, you know, for Sean to sign his unit to kind of do that the rest of the season because they do have some really good offenses coming up. And, you know, we still, still have to see Aaron Rodgers. They still have to see the Vikings. They still have to see um, the Ravens, probably Russell Wilson with the Seahawks later on. And it's going to be interesting to see how this defense plays the rest of the year. But, you know, that next test, Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers and a team that is really struggling. And, if there's anyone out there that thinks the Bears can turn things around, this might be their best opportunity on offense because they, they have to get it done Sunday. I mean, you can't go with a three-game losing streak into a Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The offense is going to have to start showing some signs of improvement. You're going to have to get Justin Fields on track. And hopefully the Bears are going to get some help you know, on the offensive line. Larry Borm should be returning. Doesn't mean he's going to play Sunday. They should at least be returning to the team. Um. You know, we'll have to see what they do with COVID, with um, who's in and who's out. But overall, you know, the rest of the season, in my eyes, is the development of Justin Fields. And I need to see something from him. You know, I, I know it's not all his fault. And I know the Bears are kind of holding him back a little bit with how bad the scheme is and, you know, how bad the coaching is and all that stuff. I just need to see something from Justin Fields. I think, you know, Sunday's a perfect time. Get it rolling at home and, and kind of build on this moving forward. Yeah, they have to. I mean, again, like, you know, like we've been talking about for the majority of the year, even going back to training camp, you know, more importantly than their win loss record is the development of this roster. And, you know, over the last few weeks outside of that bad drop, you know, Komet has actually been one of their leading receivers over the last two weeks. So you like to see stuff like that. You know, I think defensively, um, you know, there's one guy, you know, to kind of maybe switch a little bit more positive. There's one guy I think the Bears need to kind of give a little bit more of a shot. And that's DeAndre Houston Carson. I mean, he came in this last week and by all accounts, you know, has it looked pretty dang good. It seems like every time that he gets an opportunity to actually play real snaps defensively at safety, 
he's done a pretty good job, but this is where if, you know, and it's kind of unfortunate for the bears because I do think jobs are on the line. If, if the bears were in a more stable situation with their front office and then with their head coaching or their coaching situation as a whole, this is a time where you trade off guys. This is a time where you say, okay, you know, Akeem Hicks, you know, see what you can get for him, stuff like that. For guys that you know are going to be free agents at the end of the year, you try to get something now because right now more than ever, you need to start figuring out what you got with some of these guys. You know, obviously they need to figure out, you know, the other spot at inside linebacker, um, you know, what they're going to be doing there. Corner still another question. Defensive line is one of those situations where really Mario Edwards Jr. hasn't done much of anything so far. I think one of the biggest disappointments so far this year has been Bilal Nichols, man. He really, he just, he has not flashed much to me at all. And those are the kind of situations on defense where you're going to need cheap players to kind of figure out. And Bilal Nichols is a big one because, you know, a lot of people, including myself, it kind of assumed like he's your extension candidate. He's the guy that you're going to give seven or $8 million a year to, you know, kind of take over for Akeem Hicks. And I don't know that he's produced that much, to be able to justify that. And then obviously offensively, Justin Fields is the number one guy. Uh, you know, another interesting factor moving forward is going to be this offensive line because, you know, kind of like Jason Peters was talking about today, the, you know, it seems like the expectation is that Larry Borum is going to come off of IR this week and, you know, at least the window will be open. Hopefully he'll play on Sunday. And then Tevin Jenkins is a few weeks off. I mean, again, there's still 10, there's 11 tech, technically 11 weeks in 10 games left in the season. So even if you get Tevin Jenkins back for, let's just say, you know, five games of the, you know, the final five games of the season, you still kind of need to see what you have there. And then obviously, you know, with the, with the rest of these guys, I mean, Khalil Herbert's been an amazing development so far, um, you know, and then you, again, with the receivers, you kind of have to figure out what you have. If it's me personally, between Demir Bird or, uh, you know, Brashad Perryman, I think you cut one of those guys. I think you, at some point in time, I think you bring a guy like Daz Newsom or somebody up like that to figure out is this guy, because right now the bears have one receiver under contract going into next year. So those are the kind of things, at least for me, where, you know, obviously all the focus is going to be on the offense and Justin Fields and trying to win games. And I'm not saying that winning is not important, but I do think that the overall development of this roster is much more important because again, the bears will have, a better cap situation next year, but they're still not going to have a first round pick. They're still not going to have a fourth round pick there. There's still going to be situations where they're not going to simply have that 2018 off season where they can add everybody in the world and then add Khalil Mack at the end and be able to make it work. Like they're still going to be working under constraints over the next year or two with their cap situation. So it's vastly important for a quick turnaround. And, you know, again, I mean, I don't think a lot of people had seen uh, Cincinnati going from what they did last year, you know, especially with an abbreviated season from Joe Burrow to being five and two and looking like one of the better teams. I mean, they're literally one of the top seeds in the, in the AFC right now. So we've seen how big and how, you know, how dramatic a flip can be from year one to year two for these young quarterbacks. But, you know, part of that is going to be the development of the roster around Justin Fields as well as Justin Fields. So I think these next 10 games are going to be vastly important for some of the more overlooked players and kind of trying to figure out the rest of your roster to really see moving forward, regardless of who the coaching staff is, regardless of who the GM is, to really see where you need to add and where the focus needs to be. I agree with the trade deadline coming up here. 
in the month of November, you know, maybe you have to take some calls on some of these guys because if you're just in the mix and you're hanging around that, you know, seven, eight, six, seven, eight spot, you need to start taking some calls and you need to kind of figure out your future. And I agree. Why not see what a guy, you know, like the Des Newsom has, why not give Laurie Borum more playing time um, when he's healthy? You know, why not uh, bring up some other guys in the practice squad, maybe take some shots in the secondary with different guys, because this is the best time getting them game action in the season. When you know, maybe, Hey, we're not going to be a legit Super Bowl contender. However, that's kind of the problem is I, I do think the Bears, for some reason, think they are a Super Bowl contender. And that was kind of the moves that they made this year. I mean, that kind of dictated it. So I'm with you. I, I think getting a look at these guys, getting your cap situation back together, maybe acquiring some draft picks for, for future classes um, to set up whoever's in charge here next year is the is the is the best move. But, you know, if you're Ryan Pace, you're still coaching for your job. I don't know if you're going to make those moves, and that's going to kind of hinder the next guy if Pace is fired. So the Bears are kind of in, you know, what I like to call kind of football hell, where they're, you know, not bad enough to be, you know, a team that's getting a top five pick. You know, I know the Giants do have their pick, but they're not, you know, that bad. But they're also not good enough to actually be a legit contender um, you know, in the NFC and, and make a run at this thing. So they're kind of just stuck in the middle. And that's where I fear, like, you know, that they're going to be there again next year because they're not going to make the right moves. moves. They, oh, yeah. They've that, been there for that, a long time outside, outside of 2018. Hell. Yeah. This is, this is, this is football hell. Yeah. Because at least when you're rebuilding and when you're bad, you have the draft picks and you usually have the salary cap to be able to try to build your team up. The Bears are in the middle of everything right now where, there, I mean, it's been clear from the very beginning, like Ryan Pace has thought that this team was a hell of a lot closer than they were. Obviously, uh, ownership also thought they were a hell of a lot closer they all than did. they were. And that's the thing. But I mean, we've seen it since 2019. And you know, it goes back and kind of adding on your point here is we've seen it since 2019. This team gets absolutely blown out by you know super bowl contending teams and i know people are going to point back to last year and say well they beat the they beat the buccaneers yeah and i don't know if you recall but the buccaneers got up to such a bad start last year and such an inconsistent start last year that they didn't even win in a division so they didn't figure things out until later on in the year that's not really a great comparison or a great rebuttal to you know the the bears just being so bad against you know good teams the fact is the bears are not a terrible team they're not a good team they're not a terrible team but they're in that void right now where they don't have a lot of resources. They have a lot of questions on the roster and they're middling. And that's just, you just, I'm sorry, but you know, getting the seventh seed or competing for the seventh seed and getting blown out in the first round doesn't do anything for anybody. Yeah. It's hell. It truly is hell. And to be honest, we shouldn't really be feeling this way because you know, the bears went out and made an aggressive move to get a rookie quarterback that they think can be the, the future of their franchise. They've just Watch this whole thing from the start and now we're seeing the effects and you know i hate to say it but i think this could get a lot uglier before it gets a lot better you know i hope i'm wrong but uh, that's just kind of the path i'm going down um and let, let's get into our x factor and predictions to kind of wrap things up here because it's, it's just frustrating talking about this team and in this offense right now so um you know last week we were both right we both picked the buccaneers that one wasn't a tough one um i, I just thought the bears would put up more fight 
This week, I'll go first, and um, I'll, I'll go with San Francisco. I think the Bears are going to win this game. I think San Francisco is also a team that's kind of reeling right now. Um, maybe the future in San Francisco doesn't look too bright for Kyle Shanahan, unless he goes to Trey Lance. I don't know. They're a banged-up team. They don't have George Kittle. They're missing some pieces in the secondary as well, um, even though they are really damn good defense, and they're a damn good pass defense and pass rush. Um I think the Bears are going to win this one. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a high-scoring game at all. I think it's going to be kind of a defensive struggle. Uh, I will go for my prediction. I'm going to go Chicago um, 17, San Francisco 13. I think both defenses will play really damn good, and it's going to come down to maybe a late try for Chicago. My X factor, man, there's just so much you can go to. Um, you know, the, the run game has been fantastic. The offensive line has been awful. I'm going to go with Justin Fields again. Um, I need to see something. I need to see improvement. I need to see him be able to run this offense, pick up a blitz, connect with Allen Robinson. And I need these playmakers to start making plays. So I guess I'll go Justin Fields slash playmakers. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in a similar boat with you in terms of, I mean, again, and we, we talked about this last week. I said this last week, you know, the, the reality of it is, is the bears were always going to lose. Like the bears were always going to lose last week, but these next two games are winnable. And I think that this is going to be an interesting measuring stick over these next two weeks to really figure out where this team is because Matt Nagy also had some very, weird comments post game about how much closer the team is and then talked about how they can't allow this one loss it's one loss and they can't allow this one loss to turn into three or four losses and to me that sounds like a coach that knows that he's losing grip uh i don't know if i'd say losing grip on the team but i think just losing grip on his job and realizing that you know this this could come crashing crashing down not to mention the fact that we don't know if matt Nagy with him having covid we don't know if he's going to coach on sunday so it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. I think these next two games are going to be very, uh, a very good indicator to where this goes. Because let's just be honest, man. If they lose these next two games and they go into their bye week at three and nine or three and six, they're they're in trouble because they need at least one win over these next two games to kind of keep themselves in the quote unquote playoff race, but also kind of keep themselves in it in general. Um, so. Either way, I, you know, having watched the 49ers the, the last few weeks, man, they're, they're just, they're, I don't know that they're, you know, that much worse than the Bears or worse than the Bears at all. But I do think that they have their own issues right now. Um, they're dealing with health again, which seems to be a very common thread uh, in the, in the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan era. And, you know, in my opinion, they're starting the wrong quarterback. And so really, I think, again, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. Uh, I think I'm going to go 2017 Bears. Uh, God only knows if it'll even get to that point. And I think the X factor for me is going to be about the defense, because if you look at these last two weeks, uh, you know, the bears have given up a crazy amount of points defensively. And this is for a defense that's actually been playing pretty well, all things considered. Right. And I, I think one of the big factors is going to be getting to Jimmy Garoppolo and really shutting down. Because if you watch the game, especially with George Kittle out, they have one weapon. They have one, sorry, they have one pass catching weapon. That's Debo Samuel. The entire offense runs through Debo Samuel. If you can find a way to shut him down, more the point, if you can find a way to get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, then you're going to have to, re, you know, they're going to have to rely on a running game. They have a, they've always had a good running game, but I think that the Bears can do a good job of making them one dimensional. So I think the X factor for me is just the defense has got to get back on track because we've seen this Bears offense is absolutely awful, but we've also seen, you know, in, in two straight games against the Lions and the Raiders, where if they jump out to a lead and their defense gets off to a good start, 
the game has a very, very different feel. This is not a high-powered offense. The, the 49ers are struggling a lot of ways as well. Uh, they're, in my opinion, they're a very similarly matched team. I think the 49ers probably have more talent, but I mean, the Bears have won more games to this point. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, again, it kind of goes back to that. Matt Nagy, outside of the, that, that six-game losing streak last year, has never really let things slip too much. And I do think that they're pretty similarly matched. And I think the fact that the Bears are at home gives them, you know, a little bit of an advantage in this game. Yeah, and could this be, you know, the point where he lets things slip and things get even more out of hand? Who knows? We'll, we'll see because it could get ugly here before the bye in a couple of weeks. But, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can also read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can uh, follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And uh, you can rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. And you can read our stuff on thebearreport.com. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode recapping week eight against the San Francisco 49ers and then previewing the upcoming Monday night football matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Until then, everyone, please stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.